Anxiety is the fear of the unknown and like forcing mm. yourself to accept it and use it as a tool is really important because that's always where something yeah, happens. That's always exactly. where something clicks. And From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here's your host, Brian Formwalls. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. We're here with Magalie Duzant. I got it right. You did. You did get it right. Nice. I was just for 10 minutes there. I was I was dreading that. <laughs> okay, but now we can start because that's out of the way. Good, good, not- good. So you were just saying that you, I mean, you you were just a minute ago saying that you went to a very diverse high school in Queens. And I was going to ask you which neighborhood. Oh, no. School. Um, that was an elementary school. Uh-huh. I went to high school in Manhattan, actually. Oh, okay. Also very different. I went to the Fame High School. Oh. Which was wonderful and very ridiculous. <laughs> I, I was there for the 20th anniversary. So they had the dance students because it was a arts high school. So you had uh-huh. a major as if you were in college in a way. Oh, really? And so they made the dance students go outside and recreate the famous dancing on taxis scene from the movie. But, you know, it was a parked taxi and they had, (laughs) (laughs) they had sort of blocked off the streets and everyone just sort of stood around kind of trying to figure out what exactly was going on. And, but yeah, so that's, that's that. Nice. So you knew you wanted to be an artist pretty early, huh? Yes, I did. Um, what was your mate? What, 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 was it a major? What do you call it in high school? I guess, I I mean, what do you call it in high school? You know, you know what I was dilly dallying with. Um, it was art. Uh-huh. So sort of fine arts, visual arts, which what was nice is it, it in a way resembled the foundation program that mm-hmm. a, a lot of colleges will do where your first two years you do a number of you know, drawing and painting and ceramics and printmaking. Uh-huh. And then your second two years you get to decide. And so I, I went towards photography. Okay. And, and so that was my start. That was your start. So yeah. photo, photo, were you taking photos all throughout high school, just kind of uh, point and shoot, snapshots, what kind of stuff are you doing? Yeah, it was, it was all point and shoot. I, I guess I would say I did a, a lot of street work, uh-huh. um, which I no longer do. Right. <laughs> I, I got that out of the system. Or yeah. I don't know. I, I think part of it was I did that um, my last two years, mainly black and white. I walked around with a 35 millimeter. It, it was great. Um, I also started to do a little bit of work with found photographs. Uh-huh. And then I went to college in Pittsburgh and, um, it was a different vibe. There was a different feeling to the city. And so I, I kind of didn't, I didn't necessarily feel that I could recreate what I was doing in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. I felt a little lost. I was in a fine arts and I guess humanities cross disciplinary program and photography was non-existent. <laughs> so, you know, they said, oh, you want to do photo classes? Okay, you could do a minor and go to the sub-sub basement wow. and you'll be in classes by yourself <laughs> or, you know, or with all of the computer science students who had to have a minor to graduate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were all doing HDR stuff and very enthusiastic, but it, there was, I don't know, lost years or something, uh-huh. we'd uh-huh. call it, but... But, but then yeah. you ended up getting your MFA. And so then, I, yeah, I, I went to school in, in Pittsburgh and got my undergrad degree, moved to San Francisco, mm. and then came back to New York to do my MFA, which I received in September oh, of really? last year. 
Nice. Sort of, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it it's that, working out so far, but yeah. I mean, it was at Parsons, right? It was at Parsons, yeah. Diploma's in the mail. Diploma's in the mail. I actually, um, I will say, I am a liar. I don't have a diploma yet, <laughs> um, so I'm almost to an MFA. I the the Parsons program is this funny um, all year program. So you start in the summer, mm-hmm. and then you're you just pretty much have two and a half, almost three years of solid school. Wow. Um, yeah. which I know yeah. I'm getting a secondary degree. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, so we, our final semester ran from, um, June until mid August when the show went up and then it, it didn't come down until September and everything was submitted. But because of that, that it's September when everyone starts school, um, I've graduated, but I haven't in this weird way where I, I, if I were to go to the ceremony, it wouldn't be until May. I wouldn't uh-huh. get a diploma until yeah. May. It's kind of, well, I still have a student ID, so that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> like, I went to MoMA the other day and I was like, oh, thank God, I don't have to pay for this. But yeah. So what was your, what did you do your, what was your student project or your MFA thesis project? Was it the live streaming or was it something? It was two. It was uh-huh. two. I was overly ambitious. Um, <sighs> and probably just couldn't make a decision. Uh-huh. Um, but one side was the live stream, um, which is, uh, at that point, what I showed for the thesis show was a f- four time zone, roughly five hour continuously streaming live sunset mm-hmm. um, from all of the time zones uh, across the continental U.S., um, and, and that was, in a way, the first iteration of this larger project that will be a 24-hour live setting sun from all 24 time zones. Wow. Um, so everything's being live streamed. I'm working with multiple people, uh, yada, yada. But, but I did that. And then I also had this photo and video project mm-hmm. where I had my aura photographed in Chinatown <laughs> yeah. for a year. Um, yeah, I went every two weeks for a year. I spent too much money in Chinatown <laughs> on like Polaroids. Um, the best was um, after I had agreed to do it and I told them like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Every two weeks. Sounds great. Um, I I went back and as I sat down to have the photo taken because it was a very kind of studio photo format where there was a black mm-hmm. velvet curtain and you would mm-hmm. sit and they would measure the heat off of your hands. And so I sit wow. down and I hate having my picture taken. So I'm kind of like, okay, I'm just going <laughs> to take deep breath and we'll do it. And it's fine. And yeah. as she's taking the photo, she goes, Oh, we raised the price. And I sort of went, what? Oh, no. And, um, and then the photograph, the aura is kind of this cloud of color in front of your portrait uh-huh. and it was green. Um, and she goes, ah, finances are on your mind. And it was just this moment where I thought, yeah, you know, I'm coming back like 20 (laughs) more times and I now have to pay, you know, another $10, Mm -hmm. but it was a good, it was a good thing. So that was, um, that was the other side of my thesis project. So a more photo based project where I, I had these photographs taken and then I re-photographed them in the studio and made this video piece that I guess was inspired by. Nova and, <laughs> and a lot of like public nice. broadcasting um, TV shows mm-hmm. and, and instructional videos. Nice. And it, it's sort of a, a very funny kind of funky um, chaptered video uh-huh, uh-huh. that leads you through this very 
very odd, ridiculous project. And you have it up on Vimeo, right? Yeah, I I have a little. We'll we'll put it up on. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a little um, excerpt from it, which I think is the strongest part of it. Yeah, I I wanted to. And we were talking about Mm -hmm. this before. As I found an old interview that you did online, and the the question is, what is the subject matter of your work? And I asked you, is this still relevant? So I'm going to go ahead and read it. Yes, please do. Okay, so transcendence of time and space, the act and faith of looking and searching, desire and longing. I am attempting to make personal experiences and relations to greater overwhelming events into collective experiences. I think I get that. Yeah. But my question is, (laughs) so how, because the internet Mm -hmm. plays a big role in what you're kind of doing these days, especially with live streaming, a lot of your projects incorporate Mm -hmm. that whole when did you kind of realize that you wanted to, because I think making heart, art through the internet or with the internet, of the internet, yeah. is very difficult. I mean, I barely understand like post-internet or whatever yeah, all that yeah, stuff yeah. is these days, whereas now it seems like we can kind of look at the internet almost from, I don't know, more objective perspective yeah. or is it just using it in different ways? I guess, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm too deep in the internet and I make yeah. my living on it more on the commercial side mm-hmm. that trying to make art using it has always been difficult for me other yeah. than, you know, I can upload photos to Tumblr right. and Instagram <laughs> or Flickr, there, you know, which isn't, that's to me, like that's not really using it in an artistic way. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it yeah. can, you can be, I guess I'm going in a roundabout way, but so what no, point did you what point did you kind of realize, you know, this is I want to do something using the internet? Um I guess it was maybe about a, oh god. Maybe 2 3 years ago mm-hmm. where I was just finding that in one way going off of what you said, you know, you you put your photos on the internet, people find you through the internet. They uh-huh. see your photos, they reblog your photo. There's this other art world that exists that I, I still don't know if we completely understand in a way, but, but I just found there is this interest of, you know, putting things out there, not necessarily knowing where they're going. Um, but then also finding other things, you know, so it was this back and forth. And and I found personally, um, I moved back to New York from San Francisco and in San Francisco, I was making, um, landscape photographs uh-huh. like straight up. I, I had a Hasselblad and I shot four by five and I was making what I would say are beautiful landscape uh-huh. photos, which I really enjoyed. And then I came back to New York and I, 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 I didn't have that feeling of wanting to do that here. Um, Part of it being, I mean, I, I went out to California and I was just like, this is amazing. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, Why yeah. wouldn't anyone want to be here? What's happening? What, yeah. you know? And then I came back to New York and it just, I don't know. I didn't want to lug around a four by five in the city. I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't find any inspiration, but I didn't find anything that I thought oh, I need to just photograph that. And at the time I, I had just had a few experiences of people finding my work on the internet, um, and things I had posted ending up in these funny ways where I thought, you know, how did that get there and how does it look like so many other things and and this idea of this other space and so in a way I I sort of thought I think that thought that a lot of people have is the internet has shown us that everyone is a photographer Mm -hmm. in one way or another Mm -hmm. and and yeah, and I, I was just maybe having like a crisis of confidence where I thought, I don't know what to take a photograph of. Like I had <laughs> right. no idea. And I, I was making photographs and I just was not that happy with them mm-hmm. in, in that way of I thought they were 
I thought they were good photos, but I didn't think they were necessarily special. Right. Um, and so I, I had that idea of, you know, why should I take photos if there's so many photos out there, which isn't anything new. And I, I kind of feel like after grad school is that thing that everyone asks and you're like, Oh God, do we have to have this <laughs> conversation? And it's like, let's have a discussion. Uh-huh. Um, and so I kept thinking about it more of like, well, maybe are we making images for the internet, you know, and images on the internet, are they, are they one person's or, or do they just sort of go out and exist? Because in a way I also on sort of another kind of tangent, I had done all this, um, research and reading on copyright law mm. in the age of the internet. And, and the idea is that we're still figuring that out. Right. So, so I started to think more and more moving away from a straight photographic perspective and using the internet as, I don't want to say a curator, but this idea that you could, edit things from the internet. Mm-hmm. You could find things, you could take them. And and then after that, this is a very long answer. Um, <laughs> after that, also realizing that um, certain things just existed on the internet and never would be printed and never would be physical. And, and in that way, you know, the internet has changed our interaction with images and how we mm-hmm. view them. And a lot of times, there are a lot of things that will never look as good Right. You know, that are right. not on a beautiful backlit screen. Um, and so I just thought about the way, the way that computers and devices have changed our interactions. The fact that most of us only see things online, not in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in a way it's a huge reframing of art as a medium. Yeah. I mean, it's, I thought, I think it's interesting you hit on the copyright because for so many photographers that becomes you know, uh, their biggest concern about yeah. putting stuff on the internet is how do I protect it? And it's like, it's foolish. You yeah, can't, it, it's an impossible thing. You're never, it's never going to happen. But everyone's yeah. taking my money. But everyone's <laughs> saying, you know, and yeah. I, so I was, you know, the very kind of like photographer perspective was like, yeah. I respect that. But I, I was in the same thing. It's like, well, what am I doing? Like sharing all these, I'm kind of making my own, like yeah. on photographs on the brain, it's this mood board, but it's something more than that. I almost like, I selfishly say, like, I, I'm making, I'm, it's like a big collage to me of yeah. information and quotes and all these mm-hmm. things. I feel a little bit of ownership over it, but it also feels collaborative, too. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I don't know that we fully unlocked it is the collaborative nature right. of these tools and the internet and what can be done by working together. Because most mm-hmm. artists are this like, single minded vision of what yeah. you're doing. And, like, I haven't kind of like, you know, figure out a way to do it because working with people can be a huge pain in the ass too, <laughs> huge right? Pain <laughs> in huge the pain ass, in the ass. Yeah. But I, you know, it's I'm an information junkie. Yeah. So the reason I got attracted to the internet right away is like all of this information I can mm-hmm. just know and look, and it doesn't stop. Yeah. And one of the projects I'm working on now, you know, where I am going and researching stuff on the internet and just typing in whatever I want and getting getting lost in images is it's exhausting. Like I can only do that for like an hour and a half or Mm -hmm. two hours before it's just like my head explodes. And like, I can't go through all this stuff. Like every disaster from the last hundred years, you can find images on like any obscure stuff you can find YouTube videos on. It's just Mm -hmm. overwhelming. But I think like that access to all of that information is, you know, it's a, it is a profound kind of like change because you're not running to libraries, you're doing this. And I just don't know, like we've fully kind of like figured it out and it's going to take, time too because imagine what it's gonna look like in 50 years well it's it's constantly changing so quickly that it's kind of how do you stay on top of it 
so in a way you just evolve with it and you go. Mm. And I think in, in certain respects, we don't have that, that distance. I think we have a certain amount of distance where we can look and see. And, and a lot of it comes out of like video art and early mm. net art. But, but I, I think it is so much faster than anything else that it's going to be years before we really have an idea of it. Like I, I read that, I mean, this is totally strange, but I, I read, um, Rebecca Solnit's River of Shadows mm -hmm. and that first chapter where she talks about people experiencing a locomotive for the first mm -hmm. time. I think it's, it was going 20 miles an hour or something and people saying they had never seen anything so fat. They were so, a man was killed because he couldn't get out of the way in time. And you're like, it's 20 miles an hour. Like what? Yeah. But you think about that and, and you go, oh, but I guess I, I, I don't know. I remember yeah. when we first got internet and it was a dial up and I was like, Oh God, you know, here we go. Get off the phone. I'm on the internet. Yeah. But, but this idea that it's just, it's, it's so much faster than anything else has been. And so how do you do it? And it's so much more overwhelming, but in a way I think you kind of ride through it mm -hmm. and, and you pick up tools and, and in a way my aura project was a reaction against it and mm -hmm. towards it. Mm -hmm. This idea of wanting something physical again, um, but that was so influenced by this idea of just overwhelming imagery yeah. of not understanding and wanting to have, you know, that printout, yeah. that physical thing. You could say like, this is it. And then with the live stream project, it's how do you work on the internet? You know, so you work collaboratively mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. everything. And the way that I've shown this project is it's, it's just run off of a web browser, mm -hmm. just multiple tabs on a web browser. It's like a very down and dirty way of doing uh -huh. it. But but it's another way of, of using the internet. I think in the, I don't want to say the internet's best interests, <laughs> but sort of in, in this like very natural way yeah. of, of, of communicating some form of information uh -huh. between people. And in a way I, I sort of conceptualize the idea and now I'm just connecting people via the internet, yeah. which is such a simple. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, thing. obviously like you, you know, you refine the idea to, kind of like the core point and mm -hmm. like that's it. But I, yeah, that's, I, this idea of how recording everything too, mm -hmm. like everything at some point, are we going to have, this is like maybe too sci-fi or something, but it's yeah. like this, it's almost like the minority report, right? Where everything with like the all seeing kind of like, right. I, but I mean, it's, I mean, I just wonder what we're going to do with all that data. Because well, I, I think, think about, it. like, search and, like, archiving and that kind of thing. Like, you know, in 50 years, you'll be access. Like, I want to see, you know, all the sunsets of that day yeah. from forever. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You're going to get thousands of photos of this. That's crazy. But, what you know, what do you do but with what it? Do you what do good with is it? it? Yeah. You know? There has to be some, I guess what I'm getting at is, like, there's, is there some greater point for humanity for, like, like archiving all of this stuff? I mean, that's I, a tough question. Yeah, I don't know exactly not, I mean, but it's kind of I'll give you like, a five word answer. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. No, but I think it's, I think it's related to art in the sense of trying to do something so much bigger than yourself mm -hmm. and maybe not knowing why. And this is, this is a tangent, <laughs> but this idea of the sublime, I think is something that keeps coming up with the internet for me is that, you know, in certain respects, there, there's one idea of the sublime as something that is so overwhelming as to not be fully comprehensible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the internet, right? It's just so mm. overwhelming. How do you comprehend that? But you can see all of those good things about it. Mm -hmm. But you can also kind of see 
these troublesome uh, warning signs of, you know, yeah, is it, is it a big brother state? Where is the information going? What are we using it for? But, but it, it's too big to sort of fully piece together. And, and in a way, I think it's just maybe a 21st century sublime. And that's why yeah. people are making art about it, because yeah. it, how, how else do you, in a way, like deal with it? Right. Or approach it. And I don't know. I, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of of searching and finding on the internet as being these simultaneous tasks. Like while you're searching for something, someone else is searching and finding. And all of these things are going on all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I don't know. It's mind boggling, I guess. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah I, th I mean, I'm kind of curious what the next, we were talking about like virtual reality a little mm -hmm. bit before, um, kind of like what, I want to see that another point, kind of like, and I'm holding my iPhone, is like yeah. when I first got my iPhone, and I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, I can't believe well, this computer and the can't, all this stuff in my hand. And like, I, I was a, a fully, you know, a full adult, like mm -hmm. aware of what was going on. Yeah. And like, you kind of were like, man, this is, you have no idea. Cause I remember, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't even have, you know, we didn't have laptops or whatever. You went to the computer lab and you were on old Apple IIe's or whatever it was. So to have this in my hand was just like, I can't believe this. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm living in the future. <laughs> I want, I want that next thing, yeah. like maybe in 10 years, 15 years, that thing where I'm like, holy smokes, what yeah. is that? It's so mind blowing. Yeah. And I can't like, I'm trying to like envision it, but I suppose mm -hmm. that's why, you know, it happens. It'll kind of like just emerge. Maybe yeah. VR is that thing mm -hmm. where we're all, we all go into a virtual reality space and hang out and look at books. And yeah. maybe there's an audience here in 50 years or yeah. 10 years and they're with <laughs> us as like holograms or something. I don't know. Oh yeah. Like will I am yeah, on yeah. CNN or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, there's, there's something, there's gotta be something like, like that around the corner. That's mm -hmm. just going to kind of like, bust it open. I also, do you ever think of this? I, I think it's so antiquated that we use, still use keyboards and the mm, mouse and all these yeah. things. Like I want to interact with the data with my, you know, with my very hands and be able to move. Yeah, yeah, the very right. minority. I don't know why that movie's coming up on this. I didn't, I didn't know, plan that. But, <laughs> but yeah, but, it, but yeah, yeah, physically interacting with the information and the data and kind of like right. sculpting it that way. Because yeah. it, to me, like there is a fluidity to it that gets that... In my head, I feel it, but when I start using the crappy tools, that, it gets yeah. lost because, like, my computer's so slow. Why are you so slow? Right. And this is one reason I'm not afraid of the machines taking over. It's because my stupid Mac yeah. is so slow, you know, <laughs> and it can hardly, like, like as long operate. as it's yeah. fast, it can do what it wants. Right. Yeah. And then it, someday I want to get it. I was like, what would happen if I had, a, like, the fastest computer? fastest like internet access what could i do with all of that how fast could you assemble stuff and put mm -hmm. it together i mean that'll be crazy where you can just call up yeah. anything from any year and then start and it's there assembling and, and it's there interacting you make a book in, in like you know five minutes just yeah. putting everything together so that's the kind of stuff of like i want to get to that place mm -hmm. no i think so but i i think <sighs> i like the idea or I, I sort of what you're talking about um with interacting more and, and like, why are we using a keyboard and a mouse and all <laughs> yeah. these things? And I think it's these weird holdovers that we have, you know, in a way, yeah. like, why does a digital camera look like an SLR? Like right. it does, it doesn't really need to. Right. Uh -uh. But we have these things that we kind of hold on to. And so, and I sometimes think about that, like this posture of sitting at a desk uh -huh. and typing and moving a mouse and, <laughs> right, and right. those things are like, well, you don't need to do that, especially now that we have 
phones and and there's this whole new movement of like yeah. the swipe. Right. And so like, why is that on the phone? But we haven't quite gotten that to the rest of our devices. Yeah, maybe. Exactly, exactly. Because it is, there's something that almost seems so like petty about it. Uh-huh. Like just that movement yeah. of being like, no, yes, no, yes. Yeah. But, but it also seems so much more about the body yeah. and like em- embodying digital technologies, which I think is, is probably the way that things will go. Yeah. Like that I mean, is the next. The problem with the phone is like, I can't type on the phone. So yeah. like I'm trying to do, I can do like notes and then it's just a mess and I can't do it. Yeah. I don't know why I haven't gotten into like voice or speaking. So it's like, that's one of those. Oh no, I, I've had those bizarre interactions with people where I'm like, what are they texting me? And <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's yeah, a talk yeah. to text and you're like, oh God, the voice thing. I don't know. I <laughs> yeah. caught up yet. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those barriers I can't jump over. I can't yeah. sit and talk to my friend. But I mean, at some <laughs> point, you will be able to just, yeah. it'll be like, it'll fix everything. It'll know like your speech patterns and like it'll know you. stuff. It'll know you. And yeah. like, we're, we're talking about her, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, we're going You'll through be in a relationship right? yeah. and just, uh oh. Yeah. You know, that movie, this is kind of a side thing too. People, yeah. people always, you know, they're, telling me this movie is great you guys I'm like I don't want to see some stupid love story this is lame <laughs> like I want some hardcore sci-fi yeah and then I watch it and you realize it's about the singularity I'm like yeah. oh that's brilliant that's awesome I like that you know so I mean I just recently saw um Lucy as well have you seen oh, this one? yeah yeah I have and people hated it but I thought it was I liked it I thought it was cool and like you know taught storyline just went from A to B fast and kind of had this like you know big idea of you know right. eventually w- We'll be so smart. We'll just kind of like evolve to a place where we can be everywhere. You know, yeah. that would rock. But I don't know if that'll happen in, in my lifetime. But yeah, I mean, it, I, it does. I kind of like the you know, you know, you see it in those films the way they how the information on the internet's just more embedded in life, and it's not. You know, it's always there. You're not necessarily interacting with the device or whatever. Yeah. You know? Well, it's almost like you don't have to reach out to pick it up and start it up. It's just something that is existing within yeah. you and in, in this in this other way I, I don't know I think yeah I mean I think especially like with the glasses I mean Google Glass whatever failed but I definitely think that that's gonna be you know that'll happen where you'll just have it in there and you'll be able to see and interact yeah. with the environment but yeah internet it's too big well on the that internet note is too it's too big it's too much it's I think that's crazy. a, a yeah. good a good place Lose to some weight, yeah. internet. Lose some weight, internet. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and you brought some amazing books, and we'll get yeah. into those in a Sounds good. You brought some awesome books, and this is kind of you know Did. the point of the point of the show. Well, exactly. not really. I, it is, no, and it I isn't. Mean, I mean, I, I the big deal. Yeah, it is the a big, big deal. What I like, and this is kind of we've it, it has lived up to my expectations, is that you bring these are the books I really want you to see. I right. really want yeah. to share, and like that's I could have never, I wouldn't have imagined you brought these books completely mm-hmm. out of the blue, and like that's mm-hmm. what I think is awesome because all four of these books that you brought. You know, make have already made me think and look in, in different ways. So let's let's go to the first one. The first one's the day to day life of Albert Hastings. Yes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So what? Why did you bring this book? What? Um, what did, I I brought this book. <laughs> 
because it's actually the first photo book mm. I ever bought for myself. Um, wow. Better when I was in college. Um, it's, I think it's a first book. Mm. It won the the Duke first photo book oh. prize. Mm. Honekin, Honek. <laughs> I went a we'll little all quiet dig it there. Up. Yeah, um, but it, it was somebody's. First book of of their work, and mm-hmm. and I, I like the idea that it was this very specific project documenting this man's life um, in a Welsh village. The photographer was his neighbor, and just kind of became acquainted with him um, while while they lived near each other. and And she just goes into his life and and photographs him in these intimate moments, but also has him interact. And personally, a lot of my work recently has involved. Um, loose forms of collaboration. So asking mm-hmm. people to participate in my projects or write things for me or like the live stream to run these cameras. So it's, it's pulling in other people's points of view. Mm-hmm. So when I first saw it, it was actually a professor of mine who brought her copy in and it, it really made me think I want this book. Um, because it, it was just a really lovely perspective between a photographer and a subject. Um, he writes about his wife. He captions the photos. Yeah. He was a clockmaker. Yeah. Um, and, you it's know. It's his own handwriting. It's right? his, his own handwriting. handwriting. You can tell yeah. it's his own handwriting. Yeah. Um, and the drawings are, you know, of, of clocks that he had worked on and clocks he imagined. And it wow. it just, it, it adds this whole other depth, I think, um, which I, I just, I really responded to. It. And it's a book I keep going back to because I, I think there's something intimate and really genuine about it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the class, one of the classic problems of, of documentary photographers. How mm-hmm. do you get access to this person and then how right. do you do it in a respectful way? Yeah. I mean, can you really, I mean, I think the collaborative nature you're trying to get at, you know, I guess maybe a more nuanced perspective rather than, you know, sometimes documentary photography can feel overly voyeuristic and there's exactly. a lot of times whole history of people, you know, not happy with the way they were portrayed or like, you know, things. So I think like that collaboration with the subject, I don't know, looking at it, it kind of reminds me of what uh, Jim Mortram is doing. He's a classic kind of, he's a a carer somewhere in England and he's, it's all about this small town and he's telling the stories of like, you know, these people on disability and kind of like they're, you know their hardships and those sort of things. And it's real intimate. He writes a yeah. lot of stuff too as well too. I wonder if he's seen that. So Jim, if you're listening, I wonder if you've seen this. But yeah, I think that it's done really well. I mean, the, yeah. the photos are beautiful too. I mean, that's... Yeah, no, they're uh, they're they're beautiful images. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that I think that's the biggest thing. They're just beautiful images. And yeah. and it's sequenced well. And it's just, I don't know, the, sh- the shape and size of it feels so well... Intentioned. Yeah, after I think our, that's part of yeah, it. Yeah, after our big long discussion about the internet and yeah. all this massive information, I mean, I still go back and it's like I like photographs. Right. I mean, just yeah. a nicely a well made photograph. I like to look at it and like that's, you know, there is definitely a part of me that's like that's enough. That's all I need. I'm just I can make the photos and I don't mm-hmm. need to do all this other stuff. You know. So definitely. I think there's always that dichotomy of you know, this whole other world of internet and art and, and then just. Photographs, right? Exactly. I also feel that with the internet, there there are so many photographs. Mm-hmm. There are so many photo books. There are so many books that 
start to look alike that don't necessarily mm-hmm. feel, I don't know, as, as well thought out as this one does right. for me, really. Right. But So the next one I'm looking here, and I remember when this came out, it's Brian Graff, Wildlife Analysis. Yes. So you were explaining this before, and I thought you were explaining it really well. Like no, no single, no two copies are alike. Yeah. So yeah, how, exactly. What was so, it? so it's a specific, it, there's a nice brief little intro in the front of the uh-huh. book, but there's a specific, um, it's like software plugin that mm-hmm. varies the order of all of the images. So it's, it was printed on a digital offset, so it's printed off of a PDF. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a varied pagination software that scatters the images. And mm-hmm. so it's a somewhat small edition and no two books are the same, mm-hmm. which since Brian's work is all done in the dark room and a lot of it is is sort of these very hands-on interactions with photographs and photo materials, it's another one where I think the the imagery mm-hmm. and the concept and, and the full context of it is so well thought out. You know, this idea that, you know, these are photographs, they're not negatives. Mm-hmm. Um, these are, are photographs that exist one-off. And so each book is one-off in its own way. And I think it just adds, it adds almost like another level to the photo book, right? Yeah. That, why is it a book? Well, it's a book because actually you're getting this one-of-a-kind right. object. Right. Which I, I think is really, also, I, I don't know, you know, you're talking about the art market, but I think it's <laughs> nice to feel like you have something that's special. Yeah. You know, that has a little bit more thought put into yeah. it, but also just, it's yours. And if you met yeah. someone that also had it, you'd yeah, you can look at them and sort of see like well, what is different and and whose is better. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember, I rem- yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing this. This is one mm-hmm. like this doesn't come off on online very well because I remember seeing yeah. this. It was like featured in a bunch of places. I'm like, I don't, whatever. He's mm-hmm. messing with film. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna yeah. like, and like you see like the ten the ten photos on the blog and then like the it's you you know what it's about from the headline. Right, exactly. It's kind of this. But now looking at the book and kind of feeling and understanding like this is one where it's like, ah, now I see it. Now I like mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's I think that's something that's always kind of interesting to get, you know, when you get the book in your hand. It's yeah. like oh, definitely. the internet really like butchers a lot of work oh, and like overly oh God, simplifies yeah. it and just I don't almost makes you like instinctively not want to like it. Yeah. Like, oh, why? Why are people blogging about this project? Right. Are you no, exactly. What's, what's no, so big but, about that? You know. But you look at it and you go, oh, okay, yeah. that's great, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not picking it up. Why yeah. is it so special? But yeah. you know, and then you actually have it in your hands, and I don't know. The attention to detail works, and yeah. it. I don't know. It, it makes more sense as yeah. as a book than as I think a single photograph even. Yeah. So. Exactly. I mean, that's what's you know. That's why I think photo books, I mean, all art books, I guess, really have that kind of, you still hold that unique place. I just wonder if we're going to get to that point again. We were mm-hmm. talking before, like, the VR where you go in, you'll be able to pull the books off the shelf and look right. at any book that's ever been made, and you'll seal it, and you'll feel it in your hands. And, yeah. You know, I don't know. Would I like that day or not? I'm kind of, like, torn, because I like this, having the yeah. book in my hand, and, like, oh, when I woke up today, I never knew I would see this book, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I, I don't know about... VR and photo books. <laughs> it's a great, no, it's a crazy thought, but I like the thought of it. But I, I also feel, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be an artist making those books. <laughs> right. Like in this weird right. way where I, I don't know if I, if I want to put something into that world. Yeah. But do you think it maybe, there, but maybe, maybe we were talking, maybe in 50 years, people were like, they, and remember when they used to make books and now like, we don't even, that's <gasps> maybe like a book is maybe a book kind of like 
putting all that information between mm-hmm. maybe that'll become antiquated and it'll be just like maybe. how do we think of why do we package information or art that way that way yeah, I don't remember know. Microfilm. <laughs> yeah, remember microfilm? I don't know. I think there would My be new something. Yeah. All microfilm. But yeah. even like cinema wise, cinema, like uh, movies are an hour and a half, two and a half hours long. Why, you know, obviously mm-hmm. there's art films that go on for years, days, days or whatever, <laughs> but, you know. Um, 12 years. 12 uh, years? Yeah, really? boyhood? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just like, like an ongoing thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the, I don't think the book will go away. I really don't. As a physical object, uh-huh. not just like that physical object in VR. I really think, um, I don't know. I think it's, it's. Uh, I want to say a nostalgia thing, but I think it's a comfort thing. Mm. I, I think there are other things that move away and, you know, microfilm maybe, but I don't know. It's it's too. I feel like it's too linked in culturally. Yeah, and uh, well, and how we learn and kind of are able to process information because yeah. otherwise you're just out in the chaos again. Mm-hmm. So that kind of what. So what's the another Earth catalog? So that is based off of the whole Earth catalog, uh-huh. which um, we're I was, on to the next book. We're on to we're the, on next, the book. next book. <laughs> People get um, that, I think. You know, I whatever. Yeah. Um, but the whole Earth catalog was. Um, a catalog <laughs> that, <laughs> that came out in, I guess it was the late 60s into the 70s. Um, and I, I was talking to somebody about it once and they said it was the book form of blogging where mm. it, it was always being added to. And it was right. this kind of, it, it was definitely, you know, a reaction to the changing times, the politics of the times. Mm-hmm. And so it had a lot of... Um, a lot of instructional guides on how to make things and build shelter and um, and sometimes recipes, but also I, I think at some point, you know, there was an article within the Whole Earth Catalog, maybe volume two, and it was always being added to mm-hmm. um, where it, it showed you how to build your own computer, you know, in 1970-something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was almost this compendium of information. Mm-hmm. So... Before the internet, when you could just search something, it was just this sort of bizarre, I, I don't know, an anomaly in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of famous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could build a, an earth ship in the desert from the whole earth catalog. <laughs> um, or you could, you know, learn about space flight. And it, it's just this sort of antiquated, but also maybe future looking mm-hmm. um, volume. And so then the another Earth catalog was um, a project started by an artist who had, um, I think it was a, a website, and then was looking into making it something more permanent. Um, and he decided on this book format when the whole Earth catalog kind of came back into fashion in a way. There were a bunch of um, exhibitions about it um, where whole earth catalogs were displayed but then also artists were responding to it and and again and it, it almost feels like this non-linear narrative throughout mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. um but again i i think for me why i why i bought it why i really look to it a lot is that again it in this weird way mimics internet search mm-hmm. kind of the bizarre tangents and rabbit holes mm-hmm. that you go on where you know you're looking up I don't know, a, a way to 
construct a pinhole camera and all of a sudden 25 minutes later you're reading about the first film ever made you know like kind of how do you get to those places and what links them and and where is that um where is that search in in your own yeah i'm already like i got things are kicking off in my head of like wait a minute what can i do here because i haven't really i don't know i haven't I don't know. I just, I, I don't think I've, I've started this one project, like I said, where I'm searching specific years. And mm-hmm. when I was that, I was originally looking for photos, but some of the most interesting, like documents. Yeah. Finding like images of documents and weird things like that. Like, I don't think I've, I've just kind of like sort of scratched the surface of how I, what I can yeah. retrieve. And like, the, you're right. The more you get into it, it's like, okay, now I found this document. What other, what other types of documents can mm-hmm. I find? How do you search for documents? You right. Because, that's a big thing too, because it's all based on text. So you got to tell Google something, but it's right. what you tell it. Well, and how you frame it completely yeah. shifts what you're yeah. finding. And then when you go from one link to the next, I don't know. Like I, I want to have, I want to have just a list, you know, or, yeah. or some sort of list with arrows that explains how I have pieced things together. Oh yeah, because it doesn't always seem obvious. And then in this bizarre kind of timeline way it, it becomes really uh-huh, obvious it makes uh-huh. sense how these things are linked but yeah. but I don't know I think it says a lot about our culture right now yeah. that we can kind of jump around I mean I'm just like a mad I think the the search engines are going to be in 10 years I mean it's, it's going to intuit what you want before you can even like mm-hmm. before you even know it because it'll just understand your behavior I mean right. it's getting into the algorithms that sort of stuff and that's kind of terrifying but it's also more efficient if you can yeah, get no, the information faster and like you, you don't have to mess around like how mm-hmm. much brain power do we waste just kind of like t- trying to tell the computer exactly what we want and fighting with it you know right well and i think too i mean i'm a proponent of libraries and books and, uh-huh. I, and I love and i i i'm just i don't know i spend an inordinate amount of time at the new york public library really? <laughs> and i really yeah i it's a wonderful place to do work and read and do research uh-huh. but at the same time i i really enjoy searching for things on the internet because of that bizarre journey that you go on and uh-huh. where you end up which I, I don't think you actually had when you went to the library it was right. a much more directed thing and, and i think you know yeah i've read my fair share of bullshit pop articles where I'm like, <laughs> right. okay, I hope no one can tell I read about Kim Kardashian's like <laughs> yeah. wedding, you know, but, but I think it's, it's, it's almost this like plus to the internet uh-huh. is that extra information that is almost on the edge uh-huh. kind of beckoning you, which I, I don't know if older forms of information search had. Right. So I don't know, moving into it, do a project about it. Cause I want to see it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I gotta clear my slate. I got too many. Yeah, it's like you get you get to that point where it's like I, I have like four or five things going, and I got yes. like I'm so working on yeah. refining like the book dummies and the things. Like, mm-hmm. when does it end? I just want to like get all of this stuff done and then maybe yeah. start brand new. But I don't. As long as I've been trying to make art, that's never been that way. You know, sometimes yeah. you just abandon something or just like. Eh, that wasn't so good. Like, why? Even, no, why waste so much time on this? Well, you sometimes know? Yeah. you need space to sort of see it differently or think about yeah. it, and and sometimes it's just it's not working. Yeah, you know, and you need someone to say that, and then you need to be able to accept it, yeah. or it's just like you got to take a break. Yeah, I, I have multiple projects going on at once. Yeah, all all of like all the time, and I think that I'm going to finish 
stuff in, in a really nice order. <laughs> and it doesn't happen. But I almost feel that that is reflective of a lot of my life personally, uh, maybe other people's lives. This, this constant multitasking, which isn't necessarily for the best, yeah. but, but can also be really inspiring too. Yeah, I sort I have to do. I mean, my feeling is is like once I get the urge and like okay, I have to go. Like I've been on vacation for a couple of days and I have all this old expired film mm-hmm. that I bought for whatever and I don't know. I just bought it for like 100 bucks or something. Right. Like all these old rolls of 120. I'm like, "Well, what am I going to I have no idea what I'm going to do with this." But so, you know, I like to walk around my neighborhood, but I'm like, I don't want to go make these same kind of like documentary digital pictures. I'm done with that. So what am I right. doing? So load the 120 expired film into the Mamiya. And I'm like, okay, well, this is expired film. You got to let in more light. You colored probably. I'm going to photograph flowers yeah. and vegetation. <laughs> and I was like, just do it. Just do it. Let's yeah. do it. I'm like, I don't care if it's like a cliche or whatever. It's like, you know, and it's, when I go on walks, I kind of like construct like, Mm-hmm. What what I'm doing and like yeah. I would like the whole intent of it and it's like flowers okay it's an easy cliche subject it's all vegetation really but I have my unknown and I always yeah. need an unknown in what I'm doing that's the expired film it's like I don't know right. how to do this I don't actually know what it's gonna how it's gonna turn out if I'm shooting with a digital camera I'm going f11 mm-hmm. and be there basically I know when I see it I know what I'm getting back yeah you right. can do stuff but on this it's like I have no idea. This seven-year-old expired film. How do you how do you yeah. do it? I got so I'm messing with all the exposure. So I've thrown all of that like out the window, and like that's my unknown variable. So like, I kind of like always try to find like three pillars, and there's the aesthetic. Right. You know, you choose your aesthetic and something. You know why you're doing it. Then there's you know time and place where I'm doing it, and then like you know. Like the third pillar is going to be kind of like, you know, that specific like subject matter, whatever it is. But I always want to have one of those variables has to kind of be an unknown, you know? Yeah. No, but I, I think that's important because that, I, I hate to say it, but that's where the creativity kind of seeps in and, and you, you free up a little bit. Because I think yeah. something that's really, I am very um, type A as far <laughs> as personalities go. Um, and it's just like wanting, I'm really, I'm very neurotic and I have some anxiety issues. I think everyone yeah, does in yeah. their own way. But, you know, anxiety is the fear of the unknown and like forcing mm. yourself to accept it and use it as a tool is really important because that's always where something yeah, happens. That's always exactly. where something clicks. And and in a way, I think that's, that's now more than ever something that you have to be so conscious of mm-hmm. doing in, in that weird like yes no yeah no kind yeah, of, yeah, kind yeah, of no, thing yeah, like yeah. like yeah you got to do it but no you kind of so y- you have to kind of make room for it because i don't know i read somewhere that um we are now using our devices as parts of our brain mm-hmm. in the sense that instead of i i think i read it in the times but instead of thinking about something like I'm not really sure let me think about that for a minute uh-huh. it's that immediate reaction to look it up yeah you know and so it's like instead of looking it up you're letting that kind of happen mm-hmm. and just you'll deal with it later yeah it's you'll, the doing you know you'll and you'll think about it at some point but it's I don't know you're moving with it is I uh, so yeah we're gonna get more intertwined <laughs> right but it's like that it is I always I try to get, because we've talked about walking a lot on the podcast, too, and how walking 
is a creative endeavor and it stimulates your mind. Mm-hmm. And like, so photographing and walking, it's like yeah. this, oh, no, it's it's so this parallel funny. thing where I'm making pictures, but I'm also, there's this whole other thing yeah. running in my head where I'm doing it. And I was kind of like trying to get to it. And it's like, what is it? And I ran into like, I'm not, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but it's a kinesthetic learning. So, okay. it's, so it's, so here we go. Kinesthetic learning or tactile learning is a learning style in which learning takes place by the students carrying out physical activities rather than listening to a lecture or watching demonstrations. Hmm. People with a preference for kinesthetics learning are also commonly known as doers. Hmm. So I was like, huh, you know what I mean? It makes sense. And I'm like, but that's like, I can't sit and like pre, why I was a bad screenwriter because I can't sitting and trying to pre-plan this thing just doesn't work. I get bored or whatever. But when I'm actually can go out and make photographs and I'm doing it and then I can think and like there is kind of what it happens, you know, where it happens. So I think that's when I find like pieces of information like that on the internet, it's like, oh, that's, there's some scientists over there that yeah, did no, studies on it. You know what I mean? It's like, true. It's not just know, me. It, it's, it's not just thing. me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm all, a lot of times that's why I tell people um, why I have a studio. They're like, oh, why do you have a studio? I mean, as a photographer, you kind of. And when I was in grad school, we had studios part of the time, but not all of the time, which was mm. a very bizarre, like, I'm in my studio mode. <laughs> I am not in my studio mode. I'm on the train <laughs> trying yeah. to make my work. Yeah. But, but it's like I, I find that the studio in, in its own sense does that because it gives me that space to actually mm-hmm. do and make and otherwise I'm the queen of like I'll just think about it for a long time <laughs> yeah and the more I think about it the further away it gets which yeah. not that you shouldn't you know have that time but it, it becomes so much easier to think well, well if you just have all the time in the world to plan it as opposed mm-hmm. to just allowing yourself to go through the motions and make mistakes and figure it out through there and I don't know I mean going out with a camera and walking is is like the best way to do it. Yeah. Actually, the first time I met you two. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had walked from the Lower East Side up to Long Island City. Oh, really? Oh. So I go for crazy walks. That, that, like, out, that's I, impressive. You yeah. outdid me then. Yeah. Wow. I oh, walked no. from Bushwick to Astoria. Wow. I mean, that was part of why. And then I was like, I got to go get some water because I look like <laughs> mad. I was oh, like, man. it's such wow. a beautiful day. And now I look like I've been wandering the desert. That's <laughs> that is an Moses. epic walk. That's, yeah. That's, that's really impressive. Bad. I mean, But I do that a lot. I do that a lot oh. because I, I find that's how I, I think through ideas, but uh. also like I... I try to keep a camera with me. I try to, if not a camera, then I keep a notebook. And yeah. just to kind of keep thinking, because I can't do the notes on the phone. <laughs> I always look back and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, what yeah. is that? And it's completely auto-corrected me where I'm like, yeah. well, I don't want to look What's up Aesop's idea? fables. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I find those walks are so key. Actually, yeah. very nerdy library sort of <laughs> intersection. <laughs> Uh, Rebecca Solnit, who wrote *River of Shadows*, wrote a beautiful book called *Wanderlust*. Yeah, which we right? yeah, oh, we're so we talked about that yeah. a few times. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. an amazing book. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it, just I don't know. It's it's a great way to be out and doing and thinking yeah. and processing and responding to your environment. So. I mean, I I just got an app called Map My Walk, and it you start it and it'll it has the GPS and it shows you exactly where you've went, how many oh, calories, how many calories you burned, how like your pace and all of this stuff. And it's like crazy. I'm like a week and a half and I'm already getting addicted to it. Yeah. And like it's, it didn't work yesterday. It was like going bonkers on me. Yeah. Like every app tends to do it. I'm like, yeah. God, it's going so good. <laughs> but it, like, I'll watch like the crazy way I like zigzag through my mm-hmm. neighborhood. And it's like, 
I feel like I walked so far, but then you look at it and it's like, no, you haven't gone anywhere. I'm like, yeah. I wish I had this 10 years, started this 10 years ago oh, when yeah. I began so you could actually going out and like having all of that data, I mean, it would be insane. Where I mean, was I when I took this picture? And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, this, so I was just thinking, man, somebody is going to really crack into that with, like, street yeah. photography and, like, the GPS and mapping all the data, time of day, place where the photo's taken. Right. Um, yeah, I'm doing something on Twitter right now where I'm going into my archives and, like, on the day. So today I'll yeah. post my, if I have a photo from 2006 on this day, right. I'll post uh, it. So nice. I'm kind of, like, oh, so you can kinda, every single yeah. day and play with that is another another way. But I love dates and like if gps would be amazing so yeah get there might be a better app so maybe do yeah, some okay. research into it but this <laughs> right. one app is pretty cool no that yeah. sounds i i'm gonna look that up well it's like i um i went to see the encora show at uh-huh. the guggenheim a while ago and i wasn't familiar with the work but one of his projects was mapping his walks in all oh, of these really? different cities yeah. and mm-hmm. so he had these these just really plain black and white maps with a red line that just mapped everywhere he had gone and then binders full of them. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. And I just, yeah, it's so much dedication. I'm a little bit lazier than that. But <laughs> yeah, I just, he's the same guy who just did the dates, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I first saw it, I was like, what? But then when I started looking at more of it, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that obsession with the specific date and time and place and GPS and all that. It's just, yeah, I think there's, I don't know if it's going to be me. Somebody younger and smarter and more ambitious, <laughs> come get on this project. I'm too okay. busy making boring it's black a, and white landscape photos. Yeah. It's a call out for someone. Maybe you need to find that app that suggests your walk. Suggest your walk? Yeah, I random, cr- I, random walk. Random I can't, walk. <laughs> I, but I can't do that. And this is something I thought about when you get into the real kind of like psychogeography and of the act of getting lost and how that yeah. works, it's you can't translate it. Mm. That's the thing. Right. I can't do it in a photograph. I can't do I've tried to write it, mm. and I've read some psychogeography books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Self has one, and like it's okay, but it doesn't, it doesn't come through because there. I don't know of the actual experience of being in like that feeling of like I got to go right. Like, yeah. I'm going to take a right, you know, no, but, but I got to go over that there. To just sort of you, you, you go where you feel that you should go. Yeah. Like in that moment. And then that's it. It's like, do you plan it ahead of time and, yeah. and sort of make sure that you're not getting lost or yeah. do you get lost? But I, there's always a moment when I'm having a really good walk. If I'm at two hour and a half, two hours, I say like, I'm in the shit. Cause this is where I'm like, I'm starting to get ache yeah. a little bit, a little sore. And then yeah. I get to that moment where it's like, oh, no, man, you, you you're out there. Wind. Yeah. You're, you're out hits. there, but you're also, I'm like, I, I get to a point where it's like, I don't really know where I am. I could i mean i vaguely have a sense of the area but like yeah. the exact place and like it's a beautiful feeling because yeah. i know yeah. i'm not lost lost but i'm of also course. disoriented you know exactly and like that's how do you to just like try to translate that experience or that feeling is it's it's almost impossible because it's yeah i think you get to the sublime again and to me i feel like the sublime there like yeah. Because your time you and space, perception, it all like goes. Well, and it's like it's more than a visual, right? And it's yeah. more than a description. It's more than. I, I did this project where I asked people, I had read this um, exchange between Giorgio O'Keefe and Alfred Stieglitz, mm-hmm. and, and they talk about the moon on one night. And um, and I asked all of these people to do the same thing, like sort of ex- explain this moment to me of looking uh-huh. out at the full moon. And um, and it was people in California and overseas and people on the East Coast. And on the East Coast, it was the night of Hurricane Sandy. And uh-huh. so there was no moon. Wow. And and it ended up being this kind of great thing where people on the West Coast, it was, you know, a full moon. And mm-hmm. it was beautiful. And there was a little bit of fog. And, and everything was visually descriptive. So I could I could read it and see it. But people on the East Coast 
specifically in New York, mm-hmm. they wrote these very like interior kind of some of them were clunky uh-huh. but I sort of love that they were clunky you know that they were almost grasping for poetics and uh-huh. in that way they were because they didn't quite I don't know they didn't transcend the language but you you could kind of feel you could almost feel being there where you can't explain the moment and mm-hmm. and that I think almost felt better than reading a line that explained it but there's something about almost that feeling lost and accepting it yeah. that was really great and so it's just, it's a book of, of text, mm-hmm. which is sort of a funny. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make a photo yeah. book of letters. <laughs> but yeah. So I well, don't. I think it works. Well, I, I think so. we, could, we could probably go on forever, but I think we're at our hour. We'll have to have I you back. We'll have good. to have you back again. I mean, okay, I'm there's plenty down. of material, but thank you so much. No, thank you so much. This Great has been really books, lovely. Yeah. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Awesome. Great. Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests, and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and lpvshow.com. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and co-produced by Tom Starkweather and Eddie Volante. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Thanks again for listening. Listening.